0: You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com.
1: In every generation, in virtually every religion on earth, some believers have imagined their time to be the end time. They expected or hoped for the transformation of society, the intervention of God, the return or advent of the Messiah or equivalent, and some saw signs of apocalypse just over the horizon. Each generation has thought itself unique. Our generation, it seems, particularly so. In our time, end times abound. What drives such zealotry? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and closer to truth is my journey to find out. There is no one with whom I would rather start than James Tabor, a leading scholar of early Christianity and a careful observer of apocalyptic movements and messianic thinking. Jim is chairman of religious studies at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and the author of The Jesus Dynasty. Jim, most religions have an eschatological, an end time, wish or fear or dealing with it. W- what is it about religion that, that, that has this end
0: time energy? That end time emphasis is really coming mainly right out of the Bible. Um, as the Bible talks about God and the universe and humankind and history, it begins to focus, uh, particularly in the Hebrew prophets of the Old Testament, on this ideal time of the future. You get the sense as time goes on, particularly into the time of Jesus when you have Christianity forming, that the movements that arise are saying, not only is the end time coming, but we will likely live to see it. I often tell my students, apocalypticism is a very interesting idea, but I want to remind you, I tell them, it has a 100% failure rate (laughs) so far. (laughs) Now, how could Jesus be wrong? Christians have all sorts of circumlocutions, but we've got very clear texts. When Paul talks about Jesus returning, he says, we who are alive will see the Lord. He tells people not to get married. He tells slaves not to even try to be free because very soon it'll all be over. It's hard to sustain that kind of fervor as another generation comes and another and another because the predictions that were made don't come true and people have to adjust. So you'd think it would long ago be over and people would just forget it. I've studied apocalypticism a lot. It has to do with the fit between predictions, primarily in prophecies, the Old and New Testament for Christians and Jews. In a real lived situation in the world, I think what fueled the kind of apocalyptic fervor that we find among the fundamentalist Christians, it's very strong, just flip your TV channels, sure. you still hear it today in the 21st century, is the establishment of the State of Israel, the Six Day War, where Jews uh, occupied Jerusalem or regained it, depending on your point of view, uh, for the first time in 2,000 years so that you can now open the book of Revelation or the book of Daniel and you can read events in a very literal way that you haven't been able to do for 2,000 years. But there's one more factor and that is uh, things like global warming and the environmental crisis and just what we're told about the possibility of asteroids hitting. Some of that sounds very modern and scientific until you open the prophetic books and they do talk about, in some imagined way, events that could be correlated uh, with those kind of expectations.
1: So, so this type of, of, of current-day science, you're saying, helps fuel or at least reinforces? It does.
0: The book of Revelation talks about the Earth becoming seven times warmer. Uh, it talks about an, an asteroid falling from heaven and poisoning a third of the water, as yeah. you see. Yeah. And so people read that sort of thing, and they've got the political history of Israel and the Middle East to play with and the different enemies and players of that game. When they do polls of the public opinion, particularly in the United States, large percentages, way over half, will say that they think we're probably living in the end time and prophecies are being fulfilled. So this is not some backwater, (laughs) insignificant idea in our culture as crazy as it sounds, I think, to many educated people. The end times
1: is a compelling, even intoxicating idea. It reaches deeply into human longing and extends the meaning of religion. But with its history of 100% failure rate, why do some scholarly believers still take it seriously? Robert Sausi is professor of theology at Biola University in Los Angeles. He takes the end times seriously, not as sociological substrate, but as prophetic reality key to his understanding, which is widespread, is the notion of dispensationalism, different periods in biblical history, and the anticipation of the literal fulfillment of prophecies in the end time period. Bob, in looking at the biblical view of of the end of times, the issue of what's called dispensationalism is a critical uh, issue. What does the Bible mean by dispensationalism?
2: Uh, Dispensationalism as an understanding of biblical interpretation is known and for those that take the Bible uh, fairly at face value. And that includes restoration of the state of Israel. And since that's happened in our time, Uh, That, of course, stimulates an interest in prophecy. Non-dispensationalism tends to believe that uh, the church has replaced Israel. And therefore, one reinterprets the Old Testament prophecies in light of the church and not the nation of Israel among the nations. And Israel then is left out of the picture and their reestablishment of the state of Israel would not have really biblical significance.
1: So if I would look at at, at an overview to a a dispensationalist uh, theological position, I would point to two elements as as distinguishing characteristics. See 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 if I got this right. One is the state of Israel. The second is the nature and timing of the rapture.
2: That would be generally true, although I think most dispensationalists, they're more sure of the issue of Israel than they are of the time of the rapture. Jesus gives some things that are going to happen. Paul gives some things that are happening. For example, Jesus says there will be wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes. Got and all I,
1: those. Got. Em, got I, a. I
2: looked up in the World Almanac once to look at earthquakes, and they definitely have uh, increased some within the last hundred years. And then wars seem to be the same way. And then, of course, Paul describes uh, a decaying of morality uh, and scoffers against religion and also world evangelism. I don't want to leave that out because that is the only one that actually the Bible, to my
1: knowledge. That is not part of the abomination, is it? No, no. Oh, okay. This I is, just want to get it straight. He says,
2: this gospel shall go to all the nations and then the end shall come. I don't know anything else in the Bible where it says this must happen and then the end mm. will come.
1: So you, in a very serious, uh, cerebral way, uh, take uh, very seriously uh, that whole concept of uh, the termination of this time of human history and looking forward to uh, uh, a, a literal millennium.
2: I do, and and the one that probably is in my mind the most is Israel. Uh, when you think about it, that's a unique phenomenon a nation to be scattered like the Jews have and then be restored after 2,000 years. uh, Someone asked Karl Barth what evidence he had for God. He said the existence of the Jew. And one can't be sure that this is the fulfillment, but I don't think they're going to be run out of there again. And so that would seem to indicate that, and as you look at the Near East, that fits very well with a uh, dispensational understanding of what prophecy says is going to take place. Yeah.
1: Many evangelical Christians believe that the existence of the state of Israel heralds the end time and that the end time may be imminent. Bizarre as this may sound, End-time prophecy is intoxicating because, if true, it would prove the veracity of the Bible and the existence of its God. But there are other understandings of Christian prophecy. Nancy Murphy is professor of Christian philosophy at Fuller Theological Seminary a committed and devoted Christian, Nancy is not concerned with prophecy, and I want to understand why. Nancy, are you and I living in the end time?
3: There's no way to know. I grew up in the Catholic tradition, And uh, the emphasis there was Jesus saying that even he didn't know when the end of the world was coming.
1: But a lot of people seem to.
3: Yes, and there are particularly interesting historical precedents for that. There is a Bible that was published and widely read called the Schofield Reference Bible. It was loaded with study notes, and the study notes provided a. Millennialist theology that interpreted all sorts of passages in the Bible as pointing toward a particular view of when and how the end of the world was going to come. And a remarkable number of Christians have been influenced either directly or indirectly by that.
1: And your view of that is that's not biblical?
3: That's right. The more sophisticated biblical scholars would deny almost all of the predictions about when the end of the world is is going to come.
1: But let's be more fundamental. Do you believe there will be an end to this physical world in some uh, God-directed way? Yes, I do. And do you see that in a very long period of time, a cosmological period of time, like five billion years when the sun burns out, or you know, maybe a hundred years when X and Y happens? Uh, What's your time frame?
3: Again, order i Order of
1: magnitude. Give me an order okay. of magnitude.
3: Okay. Here's a uh, not terribly serious order of magnitude. The earth is four and a half billion years old. The sun is going to expand and burn us all up in four and a half billion years from now. Jesus came right smack dab in the middle of that give or take 2,000 years. So I think we're right in the middle. <laughs>
1: so, can I interpret that to mean that you think the end of the world in a theological sense will coincide, not coincidentally, with the uh, astronomical sense?
3: I'm really being silly uh, with that particular point. <laughs> uh, I think it depends on uh, the question of whether there's extraterrestrial life. Mm. and. Um, For all we know, there are other planets with life spans that will last beyond that. So there just really isn't any way to extrapolate from um, physical theories about the end of the planet or the end of the universe to uh, the end of the world in theological terms. This is a point where theological discourse and scientific discourse simply have no uh, points of uh, convergence.
1: But to take uh, a biblical worldview, you uh, do not think that any of the conversation in the Bible or statements regarding an end time related to prophecy or world events or who knows what calamities uh, are anchored in in literal future projections?
3: No, I don't.
1: That's clear. Nancy is clear. She believes in God, the Bible, Jesus, and the ultimate transformation of the heavens and earth. But not in the near-term prophecies that many of her co-religionists propound and preach. Having once felt personally the addictive allure of prophecy, I must go further. Although prophecy today is largely the province of Christians, there is also a long Jewish tradition. I see Rabbi Arthur Hyman, professor at Yeshiva University, He is a leading authority on Jewish eschatology, which is what is prophesied to happen in the end time. Arthur, the concept of prophecy and a sequence of events leading to some cataclysmic transformation, return of the Messiah or the appearance of the Messiah, is a very important uh, aspect of Christianity, as, as we know. What about in Judaism? Uh,
4: Let me begin with part of your question, namely the Christian version of the Messiah. Here there are two claims. First of all, there is a belief in the Messiah. And secondly, the claim is that messianic times have happened with the advent of Jesus. Now on the Jewish end, first of all, there are conditions that have to be fulfilled. And the Jewish claim against Christianity that Jesus cannot be the Messiah because the conditions of the coming of the Messiah have not been fulfilled. Now on the Jewish end there is a kind of a big cataclysmic war and the tradition here teaches that before the coming of the Messiah there must be this, this kind of, of war.
1: Between Gog and, and Magog. Between
4: Gog, Gog and Magog. 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 These, these were biblical characters and they sort of projected into the future. And then after this war, the Messiah will come. And then certain conditions have to be fulfilled. Peace on earth, uh, no sickness, no death, and so on. And the Jewish claim uh, in evaluating Christianity is whatever else Christianity might be, these conditions of the coming of the Messiah have not been fulfilled. Now, if you will look at Jewish history, you will find that they are messianic pretenders almost in
1: every generation. Let's focus on the beginning, the first part, this war between Gog and Magog. What, what more can we say about it?
4: Well, I'm fully aware that there are people who think of the conflict uh, in, the, in the East or, 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 or the Near East as the beginning of messianic times, and there are people who are very verbal about that. But I think the basic Jewish attitude here would be that the whole series of events would have to be fulfilled. And if they're not fulfilled, then the Messiah hasn't come. And and I think what somebody from a normative Jewish position would say that we really don't know whether these are the eschatological events until it happens at the end.
1: The specific events which some Jews claim will lead to the Messiah's first coming are similar to those which many Christians claim will lead to the Messiah's second coming. Though they disagree on what number coming it will be, the first or the second, Fundamental Judaism and Christianity agree that these events will constitute the advent of the end times. But end time thinking has minimal importance in mainstream Judaism. What about in Christianity?
5: I'm not sure I agree with that.
1: I ask Greg Boyd, pastor of the Woodland Hills Church in Minnesota, who has a doctorate from Princeton Theological Seminary. An innovative thinker not afraid to take risks, Greg says what he believes. Greg, the end time is featured in the Judeo-Christian tradition. Certainly, it's in the New Testament significantly. How do you see the end time as part of your theology?
5: Well, uh, yeah, there's the promise that uh, the present situation uh, that we're in, the present state of the world, this present epoch, uh, isn't eternal. It comes to an end. It's like a chapter of a book that's going to come to an end. Uh, we don't know when. We don't know the details of how. There are plenty of people out there who say they know when and say they know how, but they don't know what they're talking about. And they do damaged by ranting like that, though they usually make a lot of money. Uh, but we don't know when, we don't know how, but but it will come to an end. And the the Bible describes that as the coming of the Kingdom of God, when God's going to now make right all that is wrong. So you see that so, as a
1: literal Kingdom, not just something spiritual in your heart that some people have talked about.
5: No, I, I, as, as it's depicted in the New Testament, uh, it is... Um, God bringing the kingdom to earth. It's on this earth. It's, it's a perfect version of what there is now.
1: All right, so this is going to happen in the future? I, I believe so, yes. Uh, and do you have any senses Is it like in, in
5: the next hundred years or the next 20 million years? Or so you have no idea? If there's anything we should learn from history it's that we shouldn't try to guess at that. Uh, Throughout history, people have been, you know, thinking that it's going to be today or next year or whatever. Um, And there's plenty of people today who are doing that very same thing. But uh, all that does is it sets up people for disappointment. It sometimes gets them to do crazy things. We should leave that to God. God will know when to wrap it up. Our job is to live every day like it's our last. Speculating about the details of these sorts of things is, I think, equivalent to trying to, you know, go to a tarot card reader and trying to find out exactly how you're going to die. It's didn't, morbid.
1: Didn't yeah. Jesus talk about watching things and watching uh, for these signs and all sorts of things? Yeah, you it, ignore all that?
5: No, of course I don't. I, there's nothing in the Bible that I ignore. I, I pay attention to all of it. Uh, yeah, in Matthew 24 and, and at several other places, Jesus talks about the sign of the times. Now, there's a lot of discussion about what that means. Uh, whether it's referring to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., whether it's referring to the end of the world. But whatever you make of that discussion, at the end of the day, everyone's got to admit that they don't know. Wars and rumors of wars, Jesus says. Well, when hasn't there been those? There'll be earthquakes. Well, guys, there's always, you know, earthquakes. Um, the, 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 the thrust of the teaching in the New Testament is, is this. We're to live with the anticipation and the expectation that the Lord is going to come back and set up his kingdom. And th- that could happen any time. So live every day like it's your last and don't sweat the details.
1: Do you pay attention to world news in the sense of maybe this is something to do with Bible prophecy? No. <laughs> I really don't. I,
5: I, I, it's so speculative that uh, that I don't see any good fruit coming of that at all. I really don't think that God so loved the world, he gave us a jigsaw puzzle that we could figure out what's going to happen in the last seven years of world history. Uh, he, what he wants, when he wants to be clear, he's clear. What I think is important is this. From a Christian perspective, that end is not a doomsday report. It's rather good news. It is the bringing to the world of, of his, God's love and justice and peace. And the world will finally be what the world was always supposed to be. So, the end of the world, as we know it now, is not bad news from a Christian perspective. It's something we look for and hope for and pray for. Throughout
1: its history, Christianity has had groups and sects preaching in time imagining prophecies about to be fulfilled. This was true in the early church, and it is true today. The vision of a culmination of human events cuts across cultures, which anthropologists take as shared transmissions or common thinking, but which believers take as common truth. The hope is natural. If one is a believer, one would wish the advent of a new age and the presence of God. Glorious rewards, all wrongs made right, all doubters convicted. Notwithstanding all that I know about history and psychology, I've had times of wonder about the end time. That perhaps our generation, as opposed to all other generations, really was special. Nuclear proliferation. Global warming. Escalating religious conflict. Confrontation in the Middle East. Wars and rumors of wars in the oft-quoted warning. Could our generation be it? An unlikely way to get closer to truth.
3: To watch
0: complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and God, visit our website, closertotruth.com.